Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Fermentabout About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm Mary Izette, and I'm your solo host tonight, <laughs> for this portion anyway, of this weekly journey through all things fermented here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org, where I carved on the website as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and your favorite podcast outlet. All right, so I am actually in Jersey City, New Jersey, at Departed Souls Brewing Company. So with Brian Kolbaki, owner, founder, brewer extraordinaire of Departed Souls, janitor. (laughs) Isn't that what Chris always says, that a brewer is a glorified janitor? (laughs) Janitor Uh, with a drinking problem. Yes. (laughs) And uh, so I am ashamed to say this is my first visit here. I've been meaning to come out for a while. It's a super short path right away. For those of, of you who visit New York City, it's Jersey's really easy to get to, especially Jersey City. Um, and uh, we had you originally on episode 14, which is when you were kind of getting started on your journey to yes. Departed Souls. You had just won Homebrew Alley yeah. with a gluten-free IPA that was amazing. And I had a rendition of it here that you're producing commercially. And then we had a revisit with you last July for episode 129. So here... We are. Is that, I have to look, go back. So now we are, here. We are. We're episode one fifty five. So you have opened. So <laughs> me too. <laughs> so you opened the tasting room last October. Yep. So it's jam packed tonight. Heather McReynolds, my my good friend and fellow brewer, beer aficionado, social media, <laughs> awesome media person, yeah. is here with me. So we took the path train over from Manhattan tonight. So the, the tasting room's been jam-packed tonight. Everybody seems to be having a great time. So talk about your experience. How's it going? It's been great so far. I mean, this is uh, it's pretty late for me, but we're, uh, we're hanging in there. Um, we are, you know, I like to describe the brewery as a... It's only 9 o'clock in the evening. I've been here as since well, as 7. Well <laughs> as we'll note. <laughs> Um, Obviously not. You know, we kind of we kind of look at ourselves as we've evolved into sort of a neighborhood brewery, much less so than a big commercial production and distribution brewery. Yes, we still um, have a, tens of accounts throughout the state, but um, the neighborhood has really embraced us. We're the first brewery in Jersey City since Prohibition. Uh, one of only two breweries in Hudson County, functioning breweries in Hudson County. Uh, and like you said, we're one stop, uh, the first stop from New York City. So we get a bunch of people visiting us uh, from all over. And uh, you know, we just try and balance being a really good neighbor with being able to pay our rent. Um, so we're only open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Our neighbors love us. I think there's, there's a few people that live in the building here right now. Awesome. And uh, you know, we're just trying to make good beer that everyone can enjoy. And right now you're making some gluten-free beers, but you're also making regular... 
Yeah, I think episode 14 when we talked about it, uh, we were going to be 100% gluten-free. Um, uh, sort of as the plan evolved, as the finances evolved, we knew that we had to divvy it up a little bit more than that. Uh, the goal was then 50%. Um, and we opened up at 50%, but uh, I've sort of evolved the standard that uh, I don't rate a beer 1 through 5 stars or you know 1 through 100 on some website uh, or app. Um, I either say the beer is pour it down the drain, uh, put it out in the tasting room, get feedback and, and tweak, or order the big ingredients and brew it up. And um, I've worked so hard on the two gluten-free recipes that we have that I really think non-gluten-free drinkers will enjoy them. I don't want to just put out a pilot batch of a gluten-free beer that still needs tweaking. So with gluten-free beer, it's either down the drain or big enough or good enough to produce. And and so it's just been a a little more work in progress. I didn't have the three years in between right now to to evolve those recipes yet, but we're working on them. And we just got some malts from Grouse Malting Company uh, that we're playing with. And and hopefully by the time the one-year brewing anniversary of the brewery comes around in... uh, in June, we will uh, have two more gluten-free recipes for everybody. But still, it's pretty significant that you have two gluten-free beers on tap in your ta- in your tasting room. Like you said, you're the only tasting room in Jersey City. Um, to note, because I know that Bart Watson, who's the chief economist we had on a, co- a month or so ago, had mentioned, you know, there was three, three of the the biggest cities in America that didn't have breweries at the time. And you had just opened up, I believe. But Jersey City is a pretty populated area. Uh, Absolutely. By the end of the year, there's the chance that Jersey City becomes the most populous city in in New Jersey. Um, So you're the only brewery. And we're the only brewery here. And it's become so residential at this point that it's hard to see another one being able to open up downtown. Maybe a brew pub. I hope a brew pub, honestly. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. That's oh, okay. so this, this is Ivan. Ivan does some of our, our artwork. <laughs> I just uh, uh, stepped right into an interview. Just, there okay. you go. So this is Mr. Mustard. He, he oh. did this. Who, who are you? Who are I'm Mary. Mary, hi. So this is a podcast on, on all things fermenting. It's a beer podcast. Oh, nice. Let's talk about, you guys have an event tonight, right? Um, yeah, Chill Town. Yeah, it's like a Chill Town event, but everybody's somehow part of it, you know? Well, not somehow. I know exactly how. <laughs> so what's, what's Chill Town all about? Yeah. Uh, what's Chill Town about? It's it's not my company, but from what I'm seeing it's, it's is from what I'm seeing is it's just like the culture. It's about Jersey culture. City, is what it comes Jersey down City. to. Yeah, it's well, sort of Chill why Town we is like the nickname nickname for Jersey City is Chill Town. That's the what the city knows for. So it's you know it's kind of like a homemade team, but you know Jersey City is diverse, so it's the diversity. Yeah. And see, that's cool that you're hosting. See? So this is your clo- your collective clothing line launch, right? Uh, this is not my collective clo- clothing line, but a friend of mine's. I did the, some of the designs For- because they're doing artist collaborations. They're starting a series where they collaborate with local artists to do like a chill town based themed design and whatnot. So. So Mr. Mustard here has done this fantastic piece of eyewear for us. Yeah, just like, you know, I'm not... I'm not so one of the cool things about Brian's Brewery is all of the street art themed graffiti, a lot of Brian's a really big sneakerhead. <laughs> we, we don't have any tea. windows in the brewery, so we had to bring color and light a in. Beautiful artwork and, in. and guys like Ivan and uh, you know the Chilltown Collective, they've sort of embraced the community and are a way to bring it inside. It's super cool. I mean I think you know Jersey's been under under, there's not as many breweries as there should be. I think we're up to sure. 40 now. Uh, 
In Jersey. In Jersey, yeah. collectively. Um, a lot of um, contract breweries popping up. A little bit more of the gypsy brewing starting to go on now. Um, but yeah, we are we are very proud to be brick and mortar. We still actually combat a lot. Like when I go to do a sales call, it's like, oh, where you actually brewed? It's like, no, no, really, I was doing that. That's why I'm covered in in grain dust yeah. right now. We we brew our beer right here in Jersey City. Awesome. So we're talking about what what how has the reception been for your beers? Like, what are you what are you finding like that people come back? What do people? What's the feedback? Um, it's been pretty good. I mean, like, being in the, the neighborhood that we are, like, so we have a very diverse lineup, I think you guys see, where we have very traditional styles, we have very basic styles, and then, like, tonight we're experimenting with uh, a new double IPA that's definitely not gluten-free, where we actually dry hop during active fermentation and throughout the Whirlpool and stuff like that. So, and what um, hop does it feature? I'm not telling you that. Oh. You know that. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize it was a secret. Oh. Oh, yeah, mystery Very hop. Delicious. Single hop, though. Single hop. Very delicious mystery hop. Uh, but we're having fun with it. Uh, you know, with the gluten-free stuff, you still have a lot of people that come out, and they're like, oh, this beer could use more gluten. Ha, 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 one star. But, um, you know, like we just did our, our excise tax reporting, and, and our gluten-free IPA was our number one seller last oh. month. Uh, or the last Those period, people have so. never tried to brew a gluten-free beer or an IPA. They probably or, never even drank one. So or maybe, maybe they've never tried to make a beer in general. Yes, no, that's, that's true. true. That's true. Could be. So. I had your gluten-free IPA tonight, and I thought it was delicious. Oh, thank so. you. Thank you. Yeah, good so. stuff. Um, and you, you talked about the, the economist thing with the, the Brewers Association. Yes. It was actually very funny. While we were out in Denver in the fall, I ran into him while I was in line getting a beer, and, and he saw Departed Souls on my, my name tag, and he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's, he like, that was a he's tweet. like, yeah, and somebody <laughs> called him. It wasn't me that called him out on it. I think it was um, Ben from uh, Beer Advocate, maybe, called him out on it. Not me, so that was great. I, was, I didn't even have to stick up for myself. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Interesting. No, I think it's so, I have a question. Yes. If you could go back and tell episode 14, Brian Kulbaki, one nugget of wisdom from what you've learned in the. Oh, I don't know. Well, 130-something episodes it's been since you were first on the show. What would that nugget of wisdom be? Uh, when, you, when, you're, when you're doing your floor plan, leave space <laughs> for a mattress or a hammock. <laughs> that would definitely be part of it. That's good. That would definitely, I think that would be the piece. So, <laughs> so what do you have in the, uh, in the pipeline? Oh, uh, right now... The next pilot batch release is uh, Imperial Nut Brown Ale, followed by um, sort of like an Amber Gosa thing. Uh, that's actually going to evolve into a summer beer for us. We are releasing a Honey Blonde, uh, I believe April 1st tentatively. Um, with, uh, with, with honey. With Jersey honey, Jersey oh, fresh honey. Uh, Jersey has good honey, actually. That's yes. something people don't... Yeah. They don't necessarily associate New Jersey with good honey, but... Yeah. Tons of it. Yeah. There's a ton of apiaries in yeah. town, too, so we're hoping to work with, actually, somebody from Jersey City on it. Wow. Um, which cool. will be a lot of fun, and that beer will become the official beer of the uh, Viking Army Supporters Group of the New York Red Bulls. So, you got that going for us. Very neat. Yeah. Awesome. So, that's one thing. So, how big is your system? Seven-barrel brew house, 15-barrel fermenters. And then you're, you have a 10-gallon pilot batch? 10-gallon tippy, yep. Um, and you're able to do 
do 10 gallons and serve them only at the tasting room? Like, the, yeah. that's the juice Yeah, everything's twist. still registered and everything like that, but um, it allows us to bring the community in and make them a part of the evolution of it. So if they are so inclined to go on untapped, when that beer is uh, released and rate it one or two or three stars, I could say, well, you should have spoken up while we had the pilot. Uh, you know? <laughs> or, you know, maybe offer <laughs> constructive feedback. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like we, our beers, even our flagship beers, or the beers that we started with, are constantly a work in progress. We're, we're always talking to people about and getting their feedback. Um, and we want to evolve it. We want to make a, a good, consistent product that everyone will enjoy. We want to make a beer that you're excited about seeing on draft at your local bar and your local liquor store. Um, so we're, we're constantly evolving and tweaking the beers um, from our from our gluten freeze to our base red ale and pale ale to anything new and crazy that comes up the pipeline. And of course, I think one thing that's super cool about this is that people who come here can drink from the source, drink different beers than they would get at any bar. And yeah. I think that's one thing special about drinking at small local breweries. So. Yeah, definitely. We always have eight beers on draft. Every couple weeks we put out a cask. Um, typically when we're doing the Sin Series beers, sorry, I'm not sorry if they taste like crap. Um, <laughs> when we're doing them, typically, like you said, we brew 10 gallons at a time. Typically we'll ferment separately five and five and do different treatments on them. So on a night like tonight... Uh, or, uh, you know, when it's a different beer, if we we're pretty happy with this beer right away, um, you'll actually get to taste two different uh, takes on the same recipe and say which one you like more and why you like it. And, and um, you know, you're, you're just always a part of it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I Thanks for coming. I have enjoyed my evening completely. So if people want to find you online? DepartedSouls.com, Facebook.com slash DepartedSoulsBrewery, Instagram, DepartedSouls. Thanks and cheers. Cheers. National Culinary Center is a proud sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at InternationalCulinaryCenter.com. Okay, so Rachel and I are here at Allagash Saison Day at Three's Brewing in the Gowanus neighborhood of Brooklyn. Um, so there is a homebrew competition as part of that. There's eight homebrewers are competing. So let's go to the first one. Welcome. Sure. Hi, uh, my name is Dave Smucker. I made a very traditional middle-of-the-road Saison. It's got a little bit of wheat, a little bit of uh, Pilsner malt, a little bit of Vienna stuff in there, and I tried to ferment it in order to get the more phenolic, spicier, earthier character of the yeast to show up in this one. So how did you do that? Uh, I did that by fermenting it down around 74 degrees. I did a combination of both the Belgian and French Saison yeast that Y yeast makes, and so I tried to keep it inside of the suggested temperature range for the French Saison, which is lower than most people expect it to be based on the very, very high upper temperature of the Belgian Saison yeast. And so I put it at about 74 with the heat belt that kicked in and kicked out with the Johnson temperature controller. And I let it ride for about three weeks before I kegged it and tried to carve it up to, you know, about 
14 PSI, so it was nice and fizzy on the way out. Cool. Are you happy with it? Oh, yeah. I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. It fermented bone dry. It went from about 54 to 0.998, which is very exciting, (laughs) Saison-wise. So, you know, it's like a regular gravity beer for anything else, and it turned out almost imperial for a Saison, which is fun. Um, And it was nice and clear, and I really, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the beer very much. Uh, I've been in a couple of charity events, so I've done um, Pride of Brooklyn Homebrew uh, before, and that's been nice. Uh, never a straight-up competition competition, um, although in this one I knew a lot of the brewers who were coming in, and so I knew I was outgunned from the beginning, so I'm trying to approach it as <laughs> not a... Not true, not true. I try to approach it as much as uh, friendly competitions as I can. Thanks for sharing. No problem. So I'm uh, Andrew Berman. I'm Matt Federico. So talk about what did you guys bring? So we brought a French Saison, 5.8% ABV. Um, we didn't use the traditional Saison uh, hops. We focused on Pacific Jade, New Zealand hop, that has a citrus and peppery character to it. Um, we just thought it would play really well with the overall theme of the beer. Um, we also decided to blend in a small portion of sour beer to sort of brighten the beer up. It definitely worked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were really happy with how it came out. So it was a fun blending day, too, to sort of work on that. So what kind... Tell me about the sour. So we did a... uh, We used Lacto Plantarum. We did a kettle sour. Where'd you get the Lacto Plantarum? We ordered it online from some company in Wisconsin. (laughs) Was it a probiotic company or a yeast company? Uh, No, it was uh, Omega. Omega. Yeah. And uh, so... It got down to a, maybe a 3.3 pH and uh, a really clean acidity, so it didn't impart a lot of flavor characteristic to the beer, but it just brought the pH down a little bit and sort of brightened it up. Yeah, and uh, I'll just say, we didn't want it to be a sour beer. We just wanted to uh, complement the beer. 37.11 gets a, a really dry beer, and sometimes it's peppery, citrusy, but it's a little one-dimensional, so the sourness sort of rounds out the complexity of the flavor. So. What did you guys know approximately what ratio you ended up blending at? In our notes we do. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say we, we use... On the very uh, conservative side. It was, it was very important for us to for us to still say that's a traditional Saison, not uh, what you consider a barrel fermented Saison. So. Right. I think we, we had about four and a half gallons of beer to start with and maybe blended in a quarter of a gallon of the sour beer. So, you, tell me about your blending process. Uh, it's a lot of uh, small measurements and putting into cups and mixing it up and the two of us just tasting back and forth and going uh, this is too much a little this too much <laughs> not enough um, and just did you guys carb first or after uh, after okay yeah. and what would you use to measure these are all like uh, just like they're te- important questions yeah yeah we just use like <laughs> a tea- teaspoon okay. tablespoon uh, are you guys happy with how it turned out yeah we were we were really happy with the way it turned out so cool. we ran out of beer so what do you yes. chances are in this competition today um i honestly haven't had everyone's beer but i know a lot of these guys and they're all great brewers so uh, we'll see what happens yeah it's a, it's a tough competition today and everybody's yeah. is a little bit different and it's all saison so it's yeah. a little yeah. bit harder to distinguish yourself sometimes some of them are really distinct though yeah. there was a lemon one that was yeah, i really sometimes liked. Spiced and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. awesome well thank yeah, you guys thank you, guys. Thank thank you. you. Um, I brought a uh, completely wood-aged, funky black Saison. 
It was uh, nice and nice and tart, yet sweet, uh, not too funky, uh, completely dry, and uh, just really happy with the way uh, uh, the barrel blessed me with a really good beer. So how'd you make it? Um, straight up, uh, straight up regular beer. Uh, I do a brew in the bag system, and um, which I've been doing for a real long time now. And um, when I was all done, I just fermented it completely in the barrel. Um, it was a third or fourth generation of, um, of the yeast and just let it do its thing um, for about four months. What kind of yeast did you use? Uh, 3711 French Saison, by Y yeast, yeah. And then did you do anything post-fermentation? I let it sit in secondary for about a month because I want to make room for another beer. <laughs> no, no other reason than that, but um, just, uh, just to get it out. Um, so it was about four months in the wood. And yep. what would you? What tips would you give for homebrewers that are looking to primary in a barrel? Um, just treat it like you would uh, any other uh, fermentation vessel. Um, definitely give it maybe I guess a blow off tube. It's super active and it gets a little more oxygen than something sealed like glass or uh, even plastic. But um, other than that, just treat it treat it like you would. Um, you may have to get a little bit different uh, temperature control. It may not fit in your keyser or whatever. So just kind of plan around that because um, you can't wrap it in a t-shirt, make a swamp cool out of it, but so you just kind of have to cross your fingers and um, just hope it comes out tasty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, my name is Alex Califf, so I made um, a classic Saison, so I actually co-pitched uh, Belgian or French Saison strains, so I let the Belgian strain run for about a day and a half and pitched the French strain, so kind of the theory behind that was to get the kind of phenolic, kind of fruity esters out of the Belgian strain, but also not have to deal with how fickle it is and just let the French kind of dry it out. Um, and what, then, what temperature? So I started. I always start off Belgian strains about 65, and then just kind of let it free rise from there. Um, especially for the first 24 to 48, to make sure nothing gets too, um, you know, too phenolic or too estuary, just to kind of keep it a little muted, then let it go from there. Um, and um, at the end, I added a little of, uh, Meyer lemon zest and uh, grains of paradise. So I wanted the grains of paradise to kind of accentuate the peppery notes of the French saison strain and the Meyer lemon zest, just because it's something easy spring drinking. You know, very dry, refreshing beer. And why Meyer lemon instead of more traditional? I think they're delicious. I am like using them cooking different things. Um, I, I mean, it has the lemoniness of a lemon, but it just has a different layer of depth with kind of that orangey kind of mandarin note, which I really, really like. So that's exactly why I like it. Awesome. I have to agree. I really liked your beer. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Cool. Anything, anything you guys would uh, add for tips for homebrewers? Uh, no, I mean, I think Saison's, you know, we see a lot of them in New York just because they're very approachable and they're very, you know, not temperature fickle. Um, so, you know, joking around with the guys in the store, they see a lot of them in the summer, people coming in. But it's, I think it's a good starting point for a beer to have a beer that's very interesting, has a little more depth and a little more kind of layers to it. That's not that first IP that you're going to make, you know. So it's it's a lot more forgiving um, to start out with this sort of style. And also more flexible, I mean, fermenting, you know, primary fermentation in barrel to adding something like Meyer lemon dust. So, awesome. Right. Thank you guys so much and good luck. I'm Simon Tifaz. I brought a Super Saison today, which is a style defined by the gravity. So it was 7.8% alcohol. Um, beyond the alcohol percentage, it was a pretty straightforward Saison recipe. It was um, Pilsner malt, touch of Munich, uh, wheat malt, and a little bit of rye. Like very small, like 2%. So you shouldn't really have been able to perceive the rye, but because of the low attenuation, I did perceive the rye. I got more of a rye character than I expected. Um, but it was a 7.8% beer, pretty clean, I thought. I was pretty happy with it. Um, what did you ferment it at? Or what did you I fermented, I started at 70. I, I used the DuPont strain, um, Belgian Saison, if you're buying Y yeast or 
um, White Labs. The uh, I kind of expected it to stall out. I've always heard that Dupont strain will stall out. I had a French saison ready to go, but I didn't need to use it. Um, so I was kind of happy with that. I did increase the temperature to 74, 75, uh, about a week in. But yeah, it went all the way down to 1.004. Uh, so it was dry, but because of the rye, I kind of had a viscous, uh, full mouth that I wasn't expecting. Um, so with less than 2% of rye malt in the grain bill, I still picked up on a rye character, which really surprised me. Um, so I know I might take the rye out next time, um, use less, but um, that was pretty much it. The hops, I guess, I did use topaz to bitter, so kind of an unusual bittering charge. Uh, a lot of saws at the end. I used a pinch of um, Simcoe at 30 minutes, but uh, less than half a gram, so not uh, less than half an ounce, sorry. For a five gallon batch for a 15-gallon batch, so barely perceptible, yeah, so um, the topaz, I think, showed up a little bit, um, but other than that, it was Saz, and yeah, it's, I was happy with it, it was clean, uh, but I have to say, in a field of awesome saisons, all eight were incredibly good, I was very impressed with my fellow competitors, so they were so was, good. Uh, so what was the purpose of the rye if the intention was not to be able to taste it? I, I wanted to add like more of a, a mouthfeel, like a little bit of a fullness. I expected it to be dry. Um, I like a little. I like the rye malt flavor. So while I wasn't going for a rye saison. Like I thought, just throwing a tiny bit in would kind of help with the finish. But it was kind of more than I expected. Uh, my name is Cody Harker. So my roommate and I, uh, Pete Farnsworth, brewed this saison. That was traditional in most aspects. Uh, grain bill. Munich um, used a lot of traditional malts as far as that goes. Uh, we threw in some Amarillo Gold to kind of help make it a little bit more bitter. Um, our whole idea behind the Saison was that we knew that this day was like day before springtime. So we threw in a lot of fresh herbs and spices, rosemary, thyme, sage, a little bit of crushed coriander seed. And um, we added those in with uh, 10 minutes left in the boil pulled them out afterwards and then at a uh, heat off we uh, added in wildflower honey from Georgia and the whole idea behind it was that we wanted a real like floral note behind it uh, it's something that just like gave you an aspect when you smelled it that spring was coming and uh, also a taste uh, so we we pitched it with two different kinds of yeast uh, Belgian and French saison um, so we wanted to get kind of the alcohol content out of the French saison and um, also the peppery notes out of the Belgian Saison uh, yeast. So I, I feel like we did a good job as far as that goes. Um, one thing that we definitely learned, and I feel like continue to learn, is that Belgian yeast will stall out. <laughs> and, like, it's very... What, what temperature? Did, do you guys have temperature control? What temperature yeah. did you do? So, uh, I mean, we, st we stepped it up. Uh, we started off around mid-60s, I would say, and then uh, in the days afterwards raised it um, up to... 71 72 maybe a weekend something like that um my my roommate did most of that so <laughs> we do have a we do have a fermentation chamber that we use so it's like relatively uh temperature controlled along the way awesome and where do you think where, where do you want to go next for this as far as your next saison um well that's a good question uh i feel like i feel like we want to delve more into um the herbs and spices now that we've got got a good range of where we should add them in we want to keep exploring uh we've seen recipes that have just like i don't know mint in them stuff like that and maybe just try it out keep exploring awesome
thank you so much. Thank you. And good timing, Robert hey, Cheryl. Hey, how's so it going? Good. Tell us what, what you brought. Uh, I brought two beers. Uh, my first beer was a straight up classic table saison. Uh, it was um, mostly Pilsner malt uh, with a little bit of uh, Vienna. Also, uh, some white wheat malt just for head retention. Uh, and I uh, did, um, for uh, hops, I did um, Hallertau at, uh, for bittering at 60 minutes. Uh, at 30 minutes, I did um, East Kent Golding and Saz for Flame Out. It's a classic recipe. It's like, it's, I, I literally, there's, it's like episode eight, I think, of Beersmith that it's Saison. It's like the Saison thing. And I just took that guy's advice. Awesome. And what used to do? Uh, I used uh, Belgian Belgian Saison yeast, uh, uh, White Labs Belgian Saison yeast, uh, for both of my beers. The other beer, uh, I also did a mixed culture um, of uh, Belgian Saison yeast and Brettanomyces Dre that my friend Zavi um, propagated for me. Wait, was that the pocket yeast that, that he gave? Yeah, it's the pocket yeast that he gave yeah. gave to me at the Kelso the the the, the initial the, the, the initial okay. Epiphany event. Yeah, he was like, I got this Brett Dre, my friend. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Do you do you do you want? I, who should I give it to? And I like grabbed it and put it in my bag. I had to put it in my pocket. I was like, "That's mine." Um, so I built it up. I built it up uh, with a little little starter. And then uh, once the yeast was healthy enough, once uh, the starter was opaque, uh, I crashed it. And uh, then I um, pitched them together into a new starter uh, for the for the, the the other beer that I brought. Um, and uh, that beer was um, also I added Tangelo uh, at the very end at Flame Out. Tangelo. Tangelo Zest. Zest? Yeah, Tangelo Zest. Uh, and hilariously, the only reason it's tell it's Tangelo is because uh, I didn't have enough change in my pocket for grapefruit. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Tangelo was cheaper, was cheaper than grapefruit. I was, was like, good, was I have, turn, I have like a dollar twenty-five, <laughs> and a grapefruit is a dollar fifty-nine, but the Tangelo is like eighty-nine cents. <laughs> All right, I guess we're doing this now. So how do you think um, that affected the taste? I think it did. I think it really well, affected, how do you the think it affected the taste. Uh, I think it, it brought a, a, a brighter sweetness to it. Okay. Uh, it was more fruity than a grapefruit would have been. If I'd done grapefruit, I think it would have been like a little bit like just like not pithy, but um, tart, more yeah. tart than it was. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that. A I mean, more it's bracing, a, a little more bracing, yeah. Uh, but also, I think it would also have been. Um, bit more dry. There's a fruitiness to this beer that I really, really love. Uh, I say it's funky and fruity. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's the beer. Awesome. Um, yeah. What's your net? Do you have another Saison plan? Uh, well, we're coming up on summer, so yeah, of course. Saison? Uh, my, my, my classic Saison that I do, like, not my classic, because the other one, the other beer that I brought was a classic Saison. But I do a, I do a Saison that, like, wins the cup at Peter Nesters. It's a, a, a white peppercorn saison that I call uh, number 42 uh, for uh, um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, because it's the answer to the meaning of life. Uh, it's white peppercorn. It's uh, with uh, French saison yeast, and um, it's phenolic as fuck. Sorry, sorry. No, we're live. Right, right. Uh, so it's phenolic, um, but it is just so refreshing to have on a summer day. And when do you add the white peppercorns? Uh, I add them at, not secondary, but as primary fermentation is done. I add them for about three days. I taste it, and when the uh, white peppercorn gets to the level that I want it, I, I keg it. Awesome. So when and where can we taste that? Uh, I'm going to be brewing it next. Yeah, yeah, because it's coming up on, like, perfect Saison weather. 
Timothy P. Mitchum. I brewed a French Cezanne. Uh, I used J Lime hops. It was a new hop strain I'd never used before. Um, I was surprised with the result I got. Um, and it was dry. It was crisp. First is on these three seven eleven. Uh, the same as his, actually. <laughs> the same. Yeah. All right, so tell me about your. Oh, uh, so yeah, I can take oh, it from here. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we did like a like a pound of Vienna, like a, a touch of Vienna, and I did a I did a half pound of oats. I don't know if we did it exactly the same. No, I used more oats. I was yeah. pounded a quarter. Okay, okay. I did a half pound of oats, pound of Vienna, and then. The rest was pills to bring it to 6%. I don't remember, probably 6 to 7, 8 pounds, whatever. It was a 5% beer. Um, I did Hallertau Blanc and Lemon Drop Hops, all uh, Whirlpool slash, you know, the homebrew hop stand equivalent of that, and then maybe 10 to 15 I, fifteen to 20 IBUs of Magnum, 60 minutes. And, and, then, and then dry hopped with Hallertau Blanc. The yeast strain was uh, Wallonian that I've been reusing from the Yeast Bay, and then a bottle culture that I took from Saison Dupont uh, combined. Both equal pitches, like the same amount of each. And what temperature did you guys do your beers at? Mine was fermented at around like 62 degrees. So lower? Yeah, lower. Uh, room temperature. I don't know. <laughs> like, whatever whatever it did. I didn't control it. It just went. And so. you're Alex Biederman. Alex Biederman. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, my, my beer was called Blank Man for, for the Hollertau Blank Hops. Awesome. They're Blanc. So what did you guys learn, and what is your next Saison? Uh, my next one, I'm actually, like, I'm, I've been hunting a Logsdon uh, Passion Brett clone Ooh. because I didn't get bottles this year. I'm pretty bummed. It's an awesome beer, and I'm making, I'm, I'm stealing more yeast. I'm going to steal the Logsdon Clean Strain and their Brett and then brew my From own. From the bottles? Both. Cool. Yeah. Steal it? Oh, yeah. Just Culture take it, it up. Yeast. <laughs> How about you, Tim? Um, I like to do Belgian saisons, so I want to do like another uh, farmhouse like saison from De Blaugy's, the farmhouse strain. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for sharing and good for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Battle with